0: Welcome to Community Forum. Today is December 12th, 2019 and I am very pleased to welcome Lauren McGrath, who is an author and uh, a disabled American who uh, learned through her disability to perform many wonderful uh, things. So welcome Lauren. (laughs) Nice to have you here. Tell us a little bit about your growing up and uh, what it was like in a family of seven children.
1: Well I must say I had quite an exceptional mother and she was a very skilled homemaker and crafter and entertainer and so I grew up with you know, her having many many parties and the one story I love to share is when I was eight and we lived in New York. She gave a dinner party for my sister and I, who are both born about the same time. I have a sister that's older than me, and then I have six siblings that are younger. And she gave us a a little dinner party with three picnic tables full of children. (laughs) We were in our white dresses, and of course Italian. She served spaghetti with me. But it was, of course, the bow ties for women and the wagon wheels for men. And did we spill a drop on our dresses? No. So the point is, you know, I come from a very cultured family. But being the free spirit that I've always been, my mother had a hard time understanding me. Mm -hmm. Because I, I didn't really engage with other children that well. I was a sensitive child. And... Sure enough, my older sister used to have to make me go out with, you know, have me tag along <laughs> with her friends. Because I was happy being home, helping my mother, and listening to music or whatever else. So I was a different child. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and how did that um, impact your eventual um, desire to express yourself in writing?
1: Well, I never ever would have expected I would be a writer. Mm -hmm. Can you show us your book? (laughs) Yes. I have to say, Priscilla, really, it's the training that I got as a National Park Ranger Mm -hmm. that that helped me because I'm a speaker, I'm a public speaker. I was always a cheerleader and I always had this enthusiasm Mm -hmm. for life and love and learning, I think. Mm -hmm. Yet, um, this is part, part of my story, is, is I could not write as a child. I could not spell. I had terrible learning problems. I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Yet, I was a good listener. And um, so when I became a National Park Ranger, I used the skills that I learned as an occupational therapist mm-hmm. to be a researcher. And, and again, I, I would serve the visitors far beyond my colleagues because they were not people people Mm -hmm. they were historians Mm -hmm. and they they were book learners and they knew facts, fact fact i knew people
0: okay so and where did you um, uh, where
1: did you work i worked for the boston national historical park Mm -hmm. which is a little mystery because there are five sites on the freedom trail that have a partnership with the national park service Mm -hmm. Yet, because they're independent little museums, they really want to maintain their anonymity. Mm-hmm. And, and here's a picture here of, of the two buildings that are featured in this story <laughs> the um, Faneuil Hall, the original Faneuil Hall, mm-hmm. which is much smaller, and of course the old State House, mm. as well as Paul Revere House, the old North Church and, um, South Church, and the old South Meeting House. Meeting House. So for years, yeah. I did very, very well with that, that program. Mm-hmm. And because I'm from this high achieving family, I would always challenge myself and increase my themes. And mm-hmm. I was very lucky because at the time they wanted to quantify what interpretation was. Mm-hmm. So I was given an opportunity to, to do these very good trainings mm-hmm. in, in what is public speaking. What, what really gets the message to...
0: So the Park Service provided those uh, yeah. training experiences mm. for you mm. because they wanted their, um, their people to be the very best mm. s- so <clears throat> and have the very best communication with the public. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> uh, so this book came about more or less naturally out of your um, profession as a, an interpretive historical um, speaker for the National Park Service, is that correct?
1: Well, as I said, I excelled with children, and and the children from Boston used to come to the program called If Buildings Could Speak. Mm -hmm. And they would learn about the the historic events that happened at the old State House, which of course, the primary thing is the Boston Massacre.
0: Mm -hmm. But, um, so (laughs) that was what you did. You actually um, spoke to children about if these buildings could talk Mm. so that um, they would appreciate and understand the history in a more personal way. Absolutely. (coughs) And it it ended with this lovely puppet show. So the
1: the figures on top of the buildings, Leo the lion, Eunice the unicorn, Mm -hmm. Gus the grasshopper, (coughs) right? And then of course my character that I made up Mm -hmm. was Freddie the fish because he saw everything from Faneuil Hall being the first market. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause it, and it was phenomenal because these children would learn mm-hmm. the connection of their towns that mm-hmm. they lived mm-hmm. to, to Boston, because that's where the farms were. Mm-hmm. And, and the food used to be brought into the markets. Mm-hmm. So it was really about the development of the markets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and these children would actually vote. I had maps and I showed them how Boston changed over time and they would have to vote with their feet. I would say, okay, if you think this is the best place that a market would be, I want you to stand over here. Mm -hmm. If you think this is the best place, and I would show them the other picture, and like that. So we started at Faneuil Hall, and then they would go upstairs and they'd learned a little bit more about Faneuil Hall. Yet, I wouldn't even know that Peter Faneuil's success as an entrepreneur was because he was a slave trader. Oh, gee. Mm. I used to say, oh, the greatest entrepreneur, na, 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 na. Well, (laughs) as I said, because I've revised this story so much after I retired, I I had more time to, to really incorporate what are the important messages that never got told when I was a ranger? Certainly the role of women, mm-hmm. <laughs> the African-American story. Mm-hmm. I always, I always mention the Native American story because I was aware and sensitive to that history.
0: So the children also learned from you about those um, parts of history that were not revealed in our education. Way back, exactly. Yeah. Now, are these programs still available to children? So sad, but no.
1: Because of, this is what, what really was the downfall of me because the National Park Service can't afford to hire new people. So they started to replace us staff with volunteers. And they started to tell me, Lauren, we need you to start doing more writing. and and training of of the staff, so we want to take you off the front line of the programs. Mm -hmm. And I started to have panic attacks. Mm -hmm. I'm in the closet crying hysterically. My supervisor, I call my doctor, they say, immediately go to Mass General. And of course I could walk right there. Mm -hmm. And this is what was, again, the total downfall to me, my first attempt at trying to commit suicide. Oh my. I go to a program, they say, let's put you in a halfway program. I go and in this particular program they stressed how important it was to not isolate Mm -hmm. and how important it was to have friends. Mm -hmm. Well, they give me a handout and they say, where do you see yourself in five years? Here I am sitting in a room with all these people that had seriously made attempts of suicide. Mm-hmm. And, and as I was doing this program, I kept learning, I don't have this coping skill. I don't have that coping skill. I don't have that coping skill. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, if you're not gonna get to the program by 10 o'clock, they're gonna think that you're in trouble and they're gonna call an ambulance to your home.
0: So, so, in, um, so did you feel that you were, your situation was in stark contrast to the other people who were there for similar reasons? In some
1: way, and it's a very mm-hmm. interesting question that you ask mm-hmm. that because nobody understood head injury. Even when I went to this is McLean Southeast in Brockton, mm-hmm. they all thought I was bipolar. They they said I had very poor social skills because I basically stopped talking, the wrong words were coming out of my mouth.
0: And all of this, um, the stress. Okay, and all of this happened as a result of um, the National Park Service reassigning you, shall we say?
1: And and the fear, and they were going to send me over to the Charlestown Navy Yard. They were going to tell me I had to be an expert in World War II history. Mm -hmm. They then I then I had to learn, of course the very details of the Battle of Bunker Hill, Mm -hmm. which was challenging, Mm -hmm. but I have to say they wanted me back after Mm -hmm. I tried to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. I couldn't write this 15-minute talk of the Battle of Bunker Hill. I couldn't even memorize it. Mm -hmm. My brain was so fried.
0: Yeah, so you were so dedicated, it appears to me that you were so dedicated to your work and. Uh, with the children, that mm. to take that away was a devastating uh, uh, void in your life, a big hole. So, but so tell me how that um, helped you to uh, d- develop your writing skills and uh, eventually produce this children's book, <laughs> if Boston's buildings could talk or right. could speak. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you well, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, because I when I
1: tried to revise this story. It was in, after I had retired, it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. My mother always said to me that I should do something with this story. Well at the time I was pretty manic. I, I was teaching meditation mm-hmm. and so I was learning important things to, to help me. Mm-hmm. Being a dancer my whole life, I, I also um, started to sing and actually well dance, and actually sing, mm-hmm. which was another huge mindfulness activity that I could use to, to quiet
0: myself, center myself. And you know, that's become quite the trend nowadays, uh, mindfulness, and yeah. there, in fact it's practiced in many schools, elementary, mm. middle school, and high school now, uh, especially for children who, um, who have special needs but also for children who don't have special needs who because it and and the studies have shown I believe that uh, children having a a short period every day of, of quiet and mindfulness actually perform better in their academic pursuits well
1: this is what's happened with the internet and the way our world has changed because these poor children their attention span is all over the place.
0: Yes. So tell me. So it. Um, this book has been a real uh, joy for you, uh, and and also it it also brings back much of what you lost when you were told you couldn't talk about if Boston's buildings could speak.
1: Is that right? It's true. I I had to research and find out. You know, did I, I had the rights to this story because sadly the program didn't. Continue. Mm-hmm. The, the, oftentimes, the schools wouldn't show up, mm-hmm. and it was labor-intensive to to the staff.
0: So, so, so now um, you. This is a wonderful book because children <laughs> really do not know that much about Boston's historical buildings. So, uh, it's a, quite a gift you're, you're doing. Um, can Can you tell us about? Uh, let's take the old South Meeting House. What did you write about that? The
1: Old South Meeting House is, is not mentioned particularly because um, I tried to just focus on the main events. Okay, um,
0: so um, what about um, the Old
1: State House? Well, well, for sure the Old State House, but let me make the connection to the Old South Meeting House because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know mm-hmm that the rallies for the Boston Tea Party happened and began at Faneuil Hall. Mm -hmm. The Old South Meeting House is correct in saying that's where the rallies left from to then go down and dump the 342 chests of tea into the harbor. Mm -hmm. And I had conflicts when I was doing my program because I wanted to say the truth about the role that Faneuil Hall played in in the importance of these Mm -hmm. protests, yet they mm -hmm. didn't really want me to mention that because the old South Meeting House has that real famous claim as being the rallying place that they left
0: from. I see, But but you discovered in your research that that wasn't true.
1: Well, I always kind of knew that as a ranger, but they didn't really want me to speak about that.
0: That's interesting because um, (laughs) it was Sam Adams who stood up uh, on the stage of the Faneuil Hall on the second floor and roused the people to protest and actually was the father of the American Revolution. So uh, it would make so much sense that after, he was such an orator. That after such a rousing speech, they might have all just left there as a group and gone and dumped the tea. But I didn't know there were 342 cases, boxes. Wow, (laughs) that's amazing. Okay, so um, when can we expect, um, so sometime in the future, this book is going to uh, be published.
1: Well, it, it has been quite a struggle, actually, because well, you know, of the it, it, pu- publishing problems I've had.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we, you had uh, told me about that, but today we really want to focus on uh, the benefit that this book will have for children. And mm. not just children in Boston, but children throughout the country, because this um, these buildings incorporate the spirit of independence mm. that... Uh, we Americans are are, are so proud of Mm. and that we want our children to understand and be proud of too. And also I would think that it would invite many um, people to want to visit Boston and uh, so it would be a wonderful tourist uh, um, tool. But I Um, also
1: think to say how proud us Bostonians are of speaking up because so much more needs to be said about the truth, and I and I do say that Massachusetts Indigenous people are presently petitioning the governor to rename. Chris, I'm sorry, Christopher Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. Mm-hmm. So this is the spirit of of what our state is, mm-hmm. and it is very alive. And I, I have another example in my book that I included because. I, being a Unitarian Universalist, am very, very sensitive and aware of the racial divides in Mm -hmm. this country. So that by saying, let me see if I can find it, okay, here. Oh, uh, well, by saying, um, again, They've been rallying to at least get Crispus Attucks acknowledged in the mm-hmm. story of Fannie all mm-hmm. <laughs> because.
0: <laughs> well, we all know Crispus Attucks as the uh, first person, uh, Caucasian or African American, to die in the American Revolution. It's
1: true. It's but true. I believe
0: that happened on Bunker Hill.
1: No, Crispus Attucks actually, and it, it, it's. Amazing to me, the misinformation there is about the facts. Mm -hmm. I was told that he was a young man, Mm -hmm. and he actually was, although he looked younger. um, He was was an escaped slave. He left when he was quite young. And because he was a mix, he had lighter skin. So he could get to be a, a sailor on the ships. And so this is how he... Was so critical to, to being in the forefront of these rallies because he knew what Bostonians were doing. Mm-hmm. And do you know that two weeks before this happened, the first person to be actual killed was a young boy. His name was Christopher Snyder. They were protesting against the Stamp Act, I believe, or the, um, and they they were. They destroyed, his name was, it was one of the governor homes. And because they were these young boys outside mm-hmm. throwing, you know, whatever, um, a shot was fired to disperse the crowd, and this little young boy was shot. So that was two weeks before mm-hmm. this whole
0: massacre. Well, you know, and, <clears throat> that is um, uh, really very interesting. So um, what you, your research has shown that there are lots of facts that have been left out of the story. But overall, they revealed that the Bostonians are uh, all about justice and independence and doing the right thing. And uh, so I want to thank you so much for, for coming. Uh, you do have a, a little friend with you. <laughs> <I don't laughs> and do. May- <laughs> and maybe you could share.
1: Come and see, where are you? <laughs> This is really one of the reasons why, Priscilla, that I, as a single woman, cope so well with uh-huh. my challenges uh-huh. because of my little friend.
0: Yes. And his name is Honey Boy.
1: He sure is the
0: cutest. Isn't he? And is that a, what kind of a dog is that? He's a Shih Tzu. That's what I thought. That's what he looks like, yeah. And how old is he? He's actually 11. Oh, my. Yeah. And uh, he's been your companion and your comfort, I'm sure. So we look forward to this. Um, well, hello there. <laughs> and I know I um, had a Maltese, and, um, uh, and and he went with me everywhere. And I can see that's the case with you too. Well,
1: now I actually am proud to say I'm disabled. I use my handicap placard mm-hmm. because of breast cancer. I was given the handicap placard. Oh, okay. Now I have a chronic wrist injury which makes it even harder for me to manage driving a car Mm -hmm. and so I I am not afraid to say I'm disabled Mm -hmm. I am proud to be disabled Mm -hmm. because of what I have done
0: well yes and also um, you know in this country with the Disabilities Act we have recognized the the, the disabled uh, and uh, instituted programs uh, to to ensure their rights and I think that is pretty unique in this country. So I want to thank you so much. We look forward to the publication of this book. I'm sure it will be at our Ames Free Library here in Easton and (laughs) distributed all over the country. So this is Priscilla Almquist Olson wishing you all a very good day and I hope that you have enjoyed this program as much as we have enjoyed presenting it. Be well.